This is Living Hope with Pastor Claude Stoffer of Calvary Chapel Hope. And so we see people who are disobedient to the voice of the Lord do not hear from the Lord. You know, so you have to ask yourself when you come to the Lord, you know, this implies that you have to come to the Lord and surrender, humbly and surrender. Our attitude has to be like it was here with Samuel, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. In other words, speak, Lord, I'm your servant. Your wish is my command. You know, whatever you say, I will do. Whatever the Lord says for you to do, do it. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Claude, he teaches you the importance of being a surrendered servant unto the Lord. God desires for his children to listen and be obedient to the things that he says. What is God asking and putting on your heart to do? Now, here's Pastor Claude in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3 with today's edition of Living Hope. We said that there's a theme that goes throughout 1 Samuel, really 2 Samuel as well, and really throughout Scripture, there's always, it seems, in God's plan, the requirement of waiting, waiting on Him. And that's what we're going to see here in 1 Samuel. And you remember, of course, in first, the first and second chapters of 1 Samuel, we had the account of Samuel's mother, Hannah, and how Hannah had to wait on the Lord, and that the Lord was faithful to her, but that uh, she was really stretched uh, in her character while she was waiting on the Lord for her child. And I encourage you to get the audio portion of that teaching if you're interested uh, in that. But in chapter 3, we're going to see in chapter 3 and 4, learning to wait on the Lord, okay, and the perils of impatience, okay? In chapter 4, we'll see the perils of impatience. And we're going to be looking at chapter 3, learning to wait on the Lord, and we're going to see that that involves hearing from the Lord, right? Because really that's uh, indispensable, right? Waiting on the Lord and hearing from the Lord are inextricably connected, right? That's really the reason why we wait on the Lord is to hear from the Lord, right? To know whether or not what we're going to do, the direction that we're going to go. Uh, we wait on the Lord in order to hear from the Lord and know how to proceed. And uh, Samuel's first lesson on waiting on the Lord involved his hearing from the Lord, okay? In this chapter, as we go through this chapter, I'm just going to go verse by verse through this chapter, and then we're going to look at some uh, aspects of hearing from the Lord. As we go verse by verse through chapter uh, three, let's just, we want to be looking at first God's patience, okay, with young Samuel, with God's persistence, with Samuel's innocence, Okay, just a young man, a young boy. Uh, Samuel's chosenness, the Lord chose him, receive a message. Samuel's obedience, okay, and then lastly, Eli's exclusion, right? The Lord did not speak to Eli, he chose to spoke through Samuel, all right? So let's look at this. It says, in beginning in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, all right, so the word translated from the Hebrew, the word boy, can describe a boy from infancy to adolescence. So I don't think he was an infant. He was old enough to, to be able to speak. So I think he's probably, you know, can be up to the age of 12, probably I would say 9 to 12 if I was going to speculate. We, you know, but he's a, so he's a young boy. And it says, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. The word rare there means it was 
precious because of its rarity. So it doesn't say that there was a time where the Lord was completely not speaking, but it was definitely a time, I think it was low spiritual time that people were were neglectful of the Lord, that people were not really truly following the Lord, and that it was a low point in the history. We know that Samuel The book of Samuel comes on the heels of the time of the judges, and the time of the judges, especially the last few chapters of the book of Judges, are representative of the lowest point in the history of God's people. Uh, God's people, they didn't weren't really following the Lord. They weren't really following judges. They didn't have a king. They were just kind of in disarray. And uh, we see a lot of a lot of really extreme types of sinful behavior during this time. And so we're introduced now to to First Samuel. And it's in this time where it says the word of the Lord was rare. It was a rare commodity in those days. And there was no widespread revelation. Okay. In other words, widespread would imply that people were not really seeking to be, to receive revelation from the Lord. Then verse two says, and it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow, grow so dim that he could not see, all right, so Eli is an elderly man. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. So young Samuel, it's interesting that the Lord here calls Samuel, all right, addresses this in the, at the end of the day. Uh, it's quiet. They're getting, they're ready to go to sleep. And it's at that quiet time where the Lord speaks to Samuel. And of course, this is really the first time that at least, at least in scripture where Samuel is being spoken to by the Lord, okay, there'll be many other times, but Samuel is, is so young that he really doesn't know what this voice is. The voice to him sounded as though maybe he, he was thinking, what does Eli want? Because he is serving there uh, in the tabernacle, serving at the side of uh, Eli. You know, sometimes, you know, it's interesting. The Lord, a lot of times, will speak to us in the night, you know, when it's quiet. During the day, a lot of times it seems, I would say for the most part, during the day, there's so many things that we're doing. There's so many activities we're involved in. Everything is bright. There's noise and all this, all these kind of distracting types of behaviors. At night, on the other hand, I think when things have wound down and we're quiet and we, we're, we're ready to go to bed, a lot of times that's when the Lord will speak to us. It's about the first time in the day a lot of times when, when, we, have, when we can get his undivided attention or when, we, when we've wound down enough to even hear from him. That's what we see here in the life of Samuel. And so it says, and he said, I didn't call you. I didn't call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again Samuel. Okay, so here comes the patience and persistence of the Lord, right? And so, you know, I think sometimes... One of the things that we concern ourselves with when we are um, trying to discern uh, the will of the Lord or hearing from the Lord or being involved in the plans of the Lord, I think sometimes we might be tempted to think um, if we were in Samuel's shoes, it's, oh, I missed it. I missed it. You know, and that's it. 
It's gone forever. That opportunity is gone forever, right? But here we see in this passage in chapter 3, one of the things we see in the nature of the Lord is his patience with Samuel, young Samuel, but also his persistence. And there's something to be said about that. You know, I think that a lot of times uh, we put pressure on ourselves. I think we almost reduce God to almost a mechanical being. That if we're not in the proper place at the proper time, that's it. It's all over. But the Lord is very gracious with us, you know, and, uh, you know, with someone like Samuel, whose heart is pure and he's innocent here, the Lord is very gracious and is very patient, okay? Now, if it's a question of willfully neglecting and willfully refusing, we'll talk about that later, that's a different story. But the Lord, you know, the Lord is loving, he's gracious, you know, he's not any less loving and gracious with us than we would be with our own children, right? With our own children, you know, if they, you know, we're, we're so patient with them all the time. Sometimes not. Sometimes, you know, hey, kids can get, on, can get on your nerves. But, um, but that's what we see here, to see the, fa- the father heart of God. It goes on to say, so Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So I think that's a, that parenthetical statement there is a way of the Lord saying that, you know, Samuel did not yet know the Lord in terms of he was not mature in the Lord. He didn't know he was in this position of service, but he had not yet grown to the point where he knew the Lord. Did he know the Lord in a saving way? Maybe that's what it says there. But now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. There could be that. And so this could also be speaking about the Lord calling Samuel to himself. Verse 8 says, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived, finally Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. You know, in, as we continue our study here, and as we look at the way this, that the Lord speaks us, and we look at the ways that we can discern whether or not something that we hear is from the Lord or not, I think that these words here, they should, these are, this is something, if you underline in your Bible, these are good words to underline here. Because I think that's a good way to respond. Just, you know, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. You know, it's a, it's a humble response you know, it's not a proud response, but it's a humble response. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. In other words, I am your servant. Speak. Whatever you say, I will obey. You know, I will follow through on. So verse 10 says, Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. As we see this word that the Lord is giving to Samuel, understand this is a young pre-adolescent adolescent boy. Okay? Hold that in contrast to what we expect in our day. 
All right. In our day, we shelter our children. You know, we give them safe spaces. You know, we we coddle them. All these things. But here, the Lord. Now, this is the Lord speaking. All right. And I think the Lord, He's speaking to young Samuel. That tells us that the Lord, first of all, the Lord is willing to speak to a young person, and that the Lord is giving a young person great responsibility. Right now, if God is our heavenly Father, I think that there's something to be said about that. I think sometimes we're too fearful, right? We don't we don't not willing to invest or to give responsibility to young people, and I think that's a lot of times that stifles their growth, right? So it says, "In that day, I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning to the end." For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. So now the Lord is speaking. That this, this is a heavy message that the Lord is giving to Samuel here. He's telling him, Eli is going to be judged and his whole house because he knew of the vile behavior of his sons and did nothing about it. Right? And that also should speak to parents, right? About the importance of discipline, right? That the Lord, you know, the Lord holds parents responsible for disciplining their children. They, the children are the Lord's, but they are on loan to us as parents, and that we have a responsibility as parents to discipline and to train and to direct our children. Verse 14 says, and therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Right? So, wow, that's a heavy duty message. This is a a message of destiny for Eli and his house. And the Lord is giving that to a young adolescent boy. Right? That's, that should right there, we should, I think in, in the church that we should be willing to invest in young people, right? And to give them responsibility. And you know, here the Lord, he has expectations for young Samuel. So Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. So think of the pressure that was put on young Samuel here, you know? I think the Lord here, even even at this young age, and for the mission and for the purpose in life that the Lord is is preparing Samuel for, he's using this pressure. You know, it's interesting that, um, you know, a diamond, a diamond is is, uh, formed by pressure, you know? And things... um, Things that are precious, there's usually pressure, right? Compacting, there's pressure that's involved. And, you know, character is built under pressure, right? And, you know, we run from pressure. We run from discomfort. We run away from any kind of difficulty, right? We're always seeking the ease more often than not. We run away from discomfort. And those are really the very things that build character that prepares us to be usable for the Lord. 
right? On Sundays in our study of the Gospel of Luke and the testing, right? We said first to be prepared to be used by the Lord. First, you're invested with the Holy Spirit and then you are tested by the Holy Spirit, right? Psalm chapter uh, 66 talks about how the Lord brought his people and tested them, but brought them out to rich fulfillment. It's that testing, right? It's that difficulty. It's that going up against things and then being brought through to rely on the Lord. Those things, they build character. And that's what we see the Lord doing here in the life of young Samuel. So verse 16 says, Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, Here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So at least Eli here is, you know, this, that's a hard word. That the Lord said, You're, you and your house will be judged forever. It's such a severe situation that not even the sacrifice is sufficient to atone for what you've allowed to take place. And of course, we've learned already and we'll continue to learn that Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, that these guys are, they're despicable. Right? They're participating in all kinds of immoral activity in the very, in the very uh, doorway of the tabernacle. And it's a, a horrible situation. Verse 19 says, So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord's hand was on Samuel. The Lord was anointing was on Samuel. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Okay, and so we come to the end um, of this chapter, and we see the Lord speaking to uh, Samuel, but he did not speak to Eli. And as we saw in the first verse, we saw that the word of the Lord was rare in those days and revelation was not widespread. So the first question from this chapter, from verse one, that we can ask is, what are some impediments that keep us from hearing the Lord? Right? What are some impediments? The first thing that we can say is that sin impedes us from hearing the Lord. Right? We said that in, in Psalm 66, verse 18, for instance, it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And if the Lord does not hear me, the implication is that the Lord is not going to be speaking to me either. Proverbs uh, 15, verse uh, 29 speaks. Let's just turn there for a moment. Proverbs 15, 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. There's a number of verses. James 4, 3 says, You ask and do not receive because you ask you know, in your flesh. You ask for your own purposes. So Eli and his sons are examples of this, right? Eli didn't hear the voice of the Lord because Eli, he's in a position of, he's in a sinful position. Right? He has actually, we'll see how uh, in chapter uh, 4, one of the things it says is that Eli actually respected his sons or valued his sons more than the Lord. Did not care enough to discipline 
to discipline them. People can refuse to hear the Lord, right? We see that in Pharaoh, right? For instance, in Exodus 7, 16, it says, Moses tells him, but you would not hear. Pharaoh purposefully refused to hear the Lord. And, and you know, you might say, wow, you know, I, I would never do that. I would always be listening to the Lord. Wow, I don't, that's always the case, right? Because what if the Lord is saying something to you that you do not want to hear what if the Lord is, is saying something that, you know, again, that is against something that you want, right? What if the Lord is, is just saying something that's, you know, your worst fear, but he is willing that for your life, right? What if he, what if he says that a dream that you have or a hope that you have is not in his plans, you know, do you disregard that? Do you go, you know, like you see, you see the kids sometimes, they cover their ears and they go, la, 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 you know, so they can't hear. Does that? I think a lot of times we do that. We purposefully say, well, oh, Lord, you couldn't mean that. But what if he does? You know, and so people can refuse to hear the Lord. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 43, it says very specifically, the Lord says of his people, he says, but you would not hear. Right? You would not hear. People who are disobedient to the voice of the Lord do not hear. Right, And again, God's people in Deuteronomy 8.20 and Deuteronomy 28.62, it says that the idea is because they were already set against the Lord, because they were unwilling to obey the Lord, that the Lord would not give further information. You know, and that's, there's a principle there, okay? For instance, in Revelation, in the book of Revelation, the first chapter and the early parts there, we see that one of the, one of the times that uh, Revelation comes in times of tribulation, okay? But another thing we see there is when, when John received revelation from the Lord, he was willing to pass on that revelation, right? Samuel, in chapter 3 here, he received revelation from the Lord because even though this was a hard, hard message, I'm sure, you know, who wants to be told, who wants to tell your mentor that you know, you're going to be judged and that's it, your whole, you and your whole household? That's a heavy-duty message. But Samuel, by faith, was obedient to tell Eli what the message was. And I believe that's a big part of why Samuel was in a position to receive a word from the Lord. If we're unwilling to pass on what the Lord says to us, well, why should the Lord then give us something, right? Whatever he gives us, is, it's always to be passed on and shared with others, right? If I'm not willing to share with you what the Lord speaks to me, then the Lord is not going to, why would he give it to me? He'll give it to somebody else. He'll give the word to somebody else. And so we see people who are disobedient to the voice of the Lord do not hear from the Lord. You know, so you have to ask yourself when you come to the Lord, you know, this implies that you have to come to the Lord and surrender, humbly and surrender. Our attitude has to be like it was here with Samuel, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. In other words, speak, Lord, I'm your servant. Your wish is my command. You know, whatever you say, I will do, whatever that means. Thanks for joining Pastor Claude on today's edition of Living Hope. As you've been listening to these messages in 1 Samuel, you might be wondering how you can apply these things to your own life. 
Well, a good place to start is to think about whether you will choose to obey what God has in mind for you or whether you'll try to do it your own way. There's some good examples of both of these in 1 Samuel, and you get to see the outcome of each. These people are not fictional characters. They actually lived and breathed. They made the same mistakes you might be making today. But the bigger matter was where their heart was with God. What will your response be to what God wants and has for you today? If you need to hear something again or simply want to hear more messages, visit our website at calvarychapelofhope.org. Also, if you're in the area, come visit us at Calvary Chapel of Hope. We meet Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Check out our website for times and directions. Again, that's calvarychapelofhope.org. If joining us in person isn't possible for you, that's okay. You can still be part of our services virtually. Click on the YouTube link at calvarychapelofhope.org. You can also tune in live to the services on our radio station. Just click the link to listen to WGSS God Still Speaks Radio. That's all for today's edition of Living Hope. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead.